the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, so much for tuning in. Over there on the other side of the Zoom, we've got the one and only super producer, Max Williams. Give it up for him. And uh, they call me Ben. There's someone else on the Zoom, one of my favorite people wearing one of my favorite T-shirts. Noel, I I noticed. You noticed my shirt? I noticed your shirt. I like your shirt. Oh, thanks, man. This is a uh, a Daily Zeitgeist shirt signed by every member of the Daily Zeitgeist crew in blood. Um, it's a little, it's below the fold. You can't see that part, but it's a very prized possession. I only wear it, you know, as like a sort of podcast totem, you know, uh, just to give me that podcast juice because it really is sort of imbued with the spirit of podcasting. Yeah, yeah. And also, <laughs> I, I've wondered this before. This has nothing to do with today's episode, folks, but I've wondered this before. Maybe there's a question our fellow ridiculous historians can answer. So you guys know how it's considered like uh, poor taste or kind of lame to wear the T-shirt of a band that you're going to see at their concert. Does mm-hmm. the same thing happen with podcasts? Like we, I have uh, some old ridiculous history T-shirts and I, I never wear them outside because it, it feels strange for me well that's that's different ben that's that's the equivalent of you wearing your own band's t-shirt which is the most epic of flexes that can only be pulled off by a select few like say maybe metallica in the 80s they could have done that you know or (laughs) megadeth or something Uh like that or one of those death metal bands where you can't even read what the script says because it's it's just like like a weird angry thorns yeah angry, angry thorns precisely uh and again i would ask ben who is it that says it's lame to wear a band's t-shirt that's just 
just a show of solidarity. Are, are you there to be seen? Or are you there to support your your band? You know? Well, yeah, you know. It's like wearing you know, a jersey to a sporting event. No one would shut you down for that. There you go. That's an excellent comparison. Max is nodding there. But uh, yeah, I think that's a really good point. And you know me, man. I just like to see when people are enthusiastic and happy. So mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're wearing something that makes you happy, and uh, it doesn't matter if you can pull it off. But speaking of pulling stuff off, Let's talk about segues. You are so good at that. <laughs> it's just, uh, I disagree, but I really appreciate it. Uh, Noel, you and Max and I were super into heist recently, and mm-hmm. we had we had teased another uh, kind of like heist-related, I would say, a good old-fashioned prison break in a past episode, but we got so excited when we had a chance to talk with Alex Williams earlier this week that we actually put a pause on our heist on our heist phase but my friend i believe we're back to it today is that correct that's right we're back in high smoke can i still be the bag man ben i just want to be of course i've always wanted to be a bag man i will have no other bag man in the crew other than you it's there's a bag man the guy that carries the money like uh, like uh, do i get a suitcase with a handcuff like well what's 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 my role exactly ben yeah it's it depends on the nature of our heist so like okay Okay. because you always need a good bag man so like if we were uh, robbing a bank and don't do it by the way you'd be surprised how little money bank robbers actually make we have a brain stuff video about it it's interesting and depressing but if if we were for some reason robbing a bank then you as the bag man would be the person taking the money mm-hmm. to you know the getaway driver then we would probably have like the muscle it depends on how sure. far we want to go with it and if we we're in a prison break you would have probably a bag of tools that's right. And one could argue that a prison break is a heist where the stolen goods are, in fact, the heisties, you know, or the oh, crew yes. themselves. They're literally absconding with themselves. They're literally stealing their own physical bodies from like this conceptual uh, vault that is the prison that is yes. holding them inside. Yes. Conceptual and literal. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, huh? so today's episode takes us to Australia. This is a continent that we have always wanted to visit, at least Noel and I. Max, have you ever have you ever found yourself in Australia? I have not found myself in Australia yet. I want to go, but I'm also like deathly afraid of that like country because I mean it has some of the craziest animals ever. Like giant snakes. Like no, no. <laughs> so I don't know. I maybe, yes, I would love to go to Australia, but I'm terrified of that country. Well also you wouldn't like the plane flight, I think. Was it about 14, 15 hours? Oof. Something crazy. I'm flying to Seattle here in a few weeks, and it's like five hours. Are you kidding me? That's how long I got to be on a plane for. It's going to be so worth it, Max. You're going to love it there. You're going to love it. Real quick shout out. You're talking about the the wilds of Australia. Just a shout out to my buddy Peach uh, and Tom, who live in, uh, I believe, South Wales, like Queensland area, but like near the Great Barrier Reef, like in this gorgeous, uh, idyllic, yet terrifying, you know, rainforest situation. Mm -hmm. Constantly posting Instagram stories of like snakes having sex in their ceiling and knocking down lights and them having to replace them. And they're always just very humanitarian in their treatment of the wildlife, even if they're totally encroaching on their day-to-day. But you're right, Max. Some of these animals look like stuff straight out of Dr. Seuss books. It's wild. Very, very wild country. It's unique because uh, it had been isolated for such a long time from other ecosystems that uh, there Mm -hmm. were some 
interesting opportunities for evolution. And I, I like the shout out too, because we do have a lot of Australian listeners. So I'd, I'd also like to shout out Ellie and shout out Patrice. Uh, and if you would like a shout out, let us know. We'll tell you how to get in contact with us at the end of the show. But first, we got to figure out how these how these jailbreaks happen. Uh, folk, if you know much about the history of Australia, you know that it is a complicated, winding, very old story. And for a time, convicts were shipped from Europe to Australia. Mm -hmm. uh, our, our story starts today with a guy named John Devoy. Can you introduce us to John, Noel? I sure can, man. John Devoy was an Irish revolutionary who went to prison in England and was later exiled to America. Uh, he was a member and senior official in the Irish Republican Brotherhood, also known as the Finians. Um, born in County Kildare in 1842, um, he spent a lot of his time uh, as a recruiter, finding thousands, uh, actually, of Irish-born young men to literally sabotage the British Army from within. Mm -hmm. And he was uh, successful with this recruitment process by 1866. Uh, there were an estimated 80,000 Finian recruits, but then someone dropped the dime. Someone snitched to the British and Devoy was exposed because the powers that be found out there was a rebellion in the works. So when Devoy is caught, he's convicted of treason. He's sentenced to 15 years hard time at a place called the Isle of Portland in England. Uh, we also want to give a big thanks to the good folks over at Smithsonian and our research associate, Gabe. Uh, Gilbert King wrote this uh, wonderful article that we're pulling some sources from here. So anyway, Devoy is he, he serves about five years. Mm -hmm. at the at this location he's been sentenced to 15 and then he was exiled to the u.s where he became a journalist doesn't that seem like a little bit lenient it feels to me <laughs> it, it feels to me like literally sabotaging the british army from within with like moles and spies and you know all of that kind of subterfuge you know the word treason was used that usually results in a death sentence doesn't it right man like i mean i whenever i read about stories like this, I always think I can't get away with a late library book. Right. You know what I mean? And people are out here overthrowing governments. I fell asleep trying to put on a pair of pants one day. I just, I, it makes me think about ambition and, and whether or not, whether or not I have enough of it. But this guy, yeah, you're right. He seems to have gotten off easy, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I don't know about if they had parole type situations in these imprisonment scenarios, but it sure feels like that's kind of what he got because he was out after five years. He was exiled to America, but like you said, he was able to kind of start a new life and became a journalist for the New York Herald and then became active with a, a subset of Finians um, there in the U.S., a group called Clan Nagale. Yeah, a legit secret society. There's a conspiracy. So he's back with the Finians. He's back with the cause. Let's go back to Ireland real quick, because as we said, Devoy wasn't the only Finian. Far from it. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes. You heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. 
So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts of a spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right, Noel. It's, it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know. I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac, yeah. Bonnevilles. right? Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was, a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, <laughs> I said El Camino and I meant Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. But it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now. Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There was another guy named James Wilson we need to introduce. He was... He joined the 5th Dragoon, the British Army Guards, the 5th Dragoon Guards in the 1860s, and he was secretly also a Finian. So he had a different oath that he took in secret, and part of that was that he was going to do his utmost to secure a democratic, independent republic in Ireland. And so eventually, in 1865, he and a fellow conspirator named Martin Hogan decide to go AWOL, they desert the army and they do this after they have already 
kind of turned a bunch of other Irish soldiers uh, in the Dragoons and, and uh, introduced them to the Society of Finians. But then, again, someone snitched, and Wilson, like Devoy, was arrested. He was court-martialed on February 10th, 1866. Right, but he did get a death sentence, at least yes. initially. Yes. Uh, and, and it doesn't seem like what the two men did were that far afield from each other. That's why I'm a little confused about DeVoy's, you know, comparatively lenient sentence. But again, it was commuted to life in prison at a place called Fremantle Prison, which was on uh, the continent of Australia, which, as we know, began as an English prison colony, essentially. Yeah, as far as the British were concerned, it's it, it's funny because, well, not funny, haha, but it's fascinating because if you look at the history of Australia and the way it affects people in the modern day, it's estimated that almost 20% of modern Australians are descended in some part from people who who were punished with what was called transport. Transport was the word they would use. Like you're you're sentenced to transportation, so you are shipped off to Australia. You're shipped off down under. And this might sound like this might sound like a really cool thing. Uh, you might say, oh wow. So instead of <laughs> instead of killing him, they sent him on an all-expense paid trip to a place uh, you know, nowadays a lot of people would love to visit. This was not the case. So he goes on by ship. He he travels with other Finian prisoners, Wilson, that is. And when they get to Australia, there's a Catholic chaplain who says, you should, you should let these guys continue to work together. They should be imprisoned together as a group, the Finians. So they're allowed to work together separately from other convicts as long as they were civilians. Wilson <clears throat> was a military deserter, so there's an extra level of dislike and repugnance for him, right? Well, and also probably scrutiny, you know, knowing oh, yeah. that someone like that has those kind of military chops and maybe uh, possesses the knowledge to pull a fast one on the guards and maybe, I don't know, plan some sort of elaborate Ocean's Eleven style prison break. Oh, <gasps> dun, dun, dun. And we're getting to it. Yes. So. So because Wilson is a military deserter, the powers that be don't don't like that kind of uh they don't like that kind of vibe so they disperse those dudes just amongst the general population they're in gen pop and mm -hmm. uh people like wilson hate it they're disgusted years and years pass it's 1869 and by this point a little more than half of those fidian convicts get royal pardons but none of those ex-british soldiers get pardons and that's because the Duke of Cambridge, legend had it, as we're finding this from irishcentral.com, but legend has it that the Duke of Cambridge had influenced Prime Minister Gladstone and said, you will not, you will not go easy on these people. None of them can get pardons. What are you, are you playing Gladstone? No, I'm the Duke of Cambridge. And what I say goes. He doesn't play. Dukes don't play. Maybe they do. Maybe they play like polo or something. I don't like know what Duke dukes games. play. Water, water polo. Surely, surely. I was thinking more like traditional horsey polo, but maybe, you know, in the summer. Some dressage. Capture the mansion. Ooh, what's that, Max? Dressage? Is Some that, dressage. They, is that oh, where they yeah, make the horses the, step real with pretty? With the winter trots. 
Yeah, yeah it's gonna be horse dancing. Yeah. Horse dancing. Yes, yes. that's. I know. No one can see my hands, but I'm doing. The I can see dancing you with doing my it. Yeah, clippity clopping. Yeah, no, clippity clopping. Um, really quick, just to call it another awesome yeah. source, and if you're into Irish history and and maybe even interested in visiting Ireland, highly recommend checking out IrishCentral.com. There's an article there by the staff that we also pulled some uh, resources on for this episode. Yeah, and so uh, Wilson is many things, but he's not a dummy far from it and he realizes look as long as people like the duke of cambridge are in the mix me and the boys are not getting pardons we are either going to serve out the entirety of our term in this prison or we are going to have to go on the lamb we'll have to make an escape and so he writes a secret letter reaching out to his network for some help I love a secret letter. Do you think it had some sort of like, like a uh, cryptic, oh God, uh, I hope so. uh, like a, like a wax seal on it of some uh, kind, you know, I mean, I or like a code disappearing ink or yeah, disappearing like, ink. That was what I was thinking. Remember that? Well, you can make that with what, like lemon juice and uh-huh. something else. I think so. Yeah. Or like maybe you have to fold the letter, like those old mad magazine covers. Do you guys remember sure. mad magazine? Oh yeah. So I, I remember it being very bawdy. It was very bawdy. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Before we get to this letter, maybe we talk just a little bit about the Fremantle prison. Uh, It is not a super pleasant place, and we know a lot about it thanks to a writer named Peter Murphy, himself Irish-Australian, who wrote a book called Finney and Fear. That's right, and this is not to be confused with the Peter Murphy from the uh, seminal goth uh, band Bauhaus, just to, to put that out there in case anyone was wondering, mm-hmm. which I'm sure very few of you were. Yeah, but 62 Finians, all told, were sent to Western Australia and locked up in Fremantle Prison. That, by the way, was located in what is today um, modern-day Perth, the Perth metro area. And I believe um, Fremantle Prison, it definitely stands today, and I believe it is the only World Heritage Site in all of Australia, which is a you know massive continent. And early, uh-huh. just want to say something real quick. Earlier, yeah. I said it's a wild country, uh, referring to the you know the really rural parts of Australia. I know Australia is a continent. I was like being you know like Dickensian about it, like it's a uh, wild, it, wild country. You know, <laughs> it's both a country and a continent. You know, it's it's pretty and unique. an island and an island. Yeah, there he is. Uh, also, but I is wanna... it everything in an island? <laughs> I want to, it depends on your perspective, right, Max? It's a good question. I, I do want to shout out, though, unrelated to anything except the name, Australia is also home to one of my favorite winds, W-I-N-D-S. It's, there's a wind called the Fremantle Doctor. Isn't that a cool name? Sometimes the locals apparently just call it the doctor. I love the idea of a wind that has a name. Uh, so if you, if you have experience with or if you're familiar with any other thing like this like a wind that has a name uh please tell us can't wait to hear everything about isn't there a fantasy series of fantasy novels called the name of the wind there's something called the name of the wind oh yeah yeah the king's killer chronicle day one is called the name (laughs) of the wind by patrick rothfuss have not had the pleasure but i've heard good things awesome yeah i haven't i haven't uh read it either but i i love a good fantasy series so i'll check it out well, you know what? <laughs> you know what we haven't heard good things about is the Fremantle Prison. Nope. This this place, uh, the construction on it began in 1852. It wasn't really done until 1859, but they were putting people into this prison before construction was complete. They were putting people in 
in there as early as 1855. And it's it's a pretty big place. It's got, of course, a lot of perimeter walls. There are workshops. There's a hospital. There's six houses for the senior officers of the prison. And this thing did numbers. It moved volume between 1850 and 1868 and estimated, well, almost 10,000 convicts passed through the prison. And hey, I uh, I uh, learned something before we went on air, and I came to Ben and Max about this, and I was real proud of myself. Guys, I learned a new word today. It's gowl. It's another word for, for prison. And then Ben very uh, kindly uh, patted me on the head virtually and said, I think it's pronounced jail. Um, <laughs> so no. I learned a cool alternate spelling for jail today. I and only it's pronounced it, gal. <laughs> I only know it because of a poem by Oscar Wilde. And I had this embarrassing moment where I had to read it out loud in class. And then my history teacher decided to, you know, point it out publicly. So ostracize you really bad. Oh, yeah. They passed around the shards of the pots. Everything. <laughs> oh, there we go. Callback. Yeah. It does make me wonder, though, with the spelling of that G-A-O-L, I believe, um, if there's any connection between that and the word gulag, which is, you know, uh, forced uh, labor camps um, that were uh, very uh, in full effect during Stalin's uh, reign. Yeah, that's that's a really good question. I, I would say I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm not sure. I haven't looked into it. So listeners, if you know, let us know. And it gets its name in 1867. That's when it's officially the Fremantle Prison. Uh, and at the same, like just a year after that, they stopped transporting convicts to that prison. So by 1886, there are less than 50 convicts in this prison. It's a ghost town. It's built to house a thousand people. Now there are only 50. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car. I'd get that car. And I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac, yeah. Bonneville. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. It, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, 
Oh, man, and funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Noel, have you ever wanted to wake up to something better? Oh, boy, have I ever been. <laughs> well, uh, this is where Avalon Waterways comes in. How does waking up to a medieval castle, an ancient cathedral, a rolling vineyard, or a charming cobblestone village sound to you? Well, here on Ridiculous History, that's right up our street, Ben, our charming cobblestone street. So I can say it sounds pretty good to me. You're absolutely right, Noel. Avalon Waterways has redefined cruising in so many different ways. They've got the uh, widest opening windows. They've got beds that face the passing scenery. So wherever you go, you have a front row seat to the views of the world. And not only do you wake up in the best staterooms in the entirety of the business, but you're waking up in a new port every day, right in the heart of these amazing historic cities. Ah, Ben, sign me up. Open your eyes to a better view and a different kind of cruising. One with smaller ships, bigger experiences, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. Anyway, so we're giving you a lot of context, but you need it for this heist. Let's go back to DeVoy, Noel. He's in New York City. As you said, he's got a new life. He's a mm -hmm. journalist now. And he gets a secret letter from a guy in Australia named James Wilson. And the That's intro right. is so cool, man. That's right. He says, remember, this is a voice from the tomb. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, the takeaway there was I am a ghost of Christmas past kind of situation, uh, reminding you of your uh, the oath that you made, you know, so long ago, speaking to him in kind of this esoteric language, uh, likely that would have been recognizable to him as like kind of this coded talk between members of the secret society. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is a fascinating letter. Uh, he is one of seven, Wilson is one of seven of the high-profile Finians. He's one of the seven people convicted of treason, sentenced to death, and then he got his sentence commuted to just a terrible life, <laughs> a life of hard labor. Uh, he is in a bad situation now because he and his compatriots have been building roads. They've been working in a limestone quarry. Uh, they've also been physically abused. I think it's safe to say because they got branded like mm. the way you brand cattle with the letter D for deserter. And he says to Devoy, you know, we're getting sick. We're not going to live much longer. We need help. And at the same time, in the Finian network, another guy reaches out to Devoy. That's right. It's a guy named John Boyle O'Reilly who got to Fremantle along with Wilson um, and uh, many of the other Irish recruits. 
And then he was singled out and transferred to Bunbury, which was another prison um, in the western part of Australia. He had no no one to have his back. Um, you know, he left all his compatriots behind and he started getting more and more depressed uh, and just in this you know, constant state of desperation. He tried killing himself uh, by slitting his own wrists, but thankfully another convict uh, found him in time and he was saved. And then he kind of made friends with a Catholic priest and was able to escape from Bunbury by rowing out to sea and then talking uh, the captain of an American whaling vessel to let him board. Oh, to hire him, basically. 100%. Well, first of all, you got to... First of all, you got to talk your way from the rowboat onto the ship. And then you got to, okay, well, now that I'm here, uh, how can I be of service? And then you not like narc me out uh, when I'm clearly an escaped escaped convict, right? Maybe not. You might have had a very, you know, the the Irish have the the gift of gab uh, oftentimes. But yeah, so he, uh, on board this whaling vessel, sailed to the U.S. And that's where he started his second life as a poet. He edited a Catholic newspaper called the Boston Pilot, um, where he was a you know journalist as well. And he started to feel a little guilty of the men that he'd left behind, even though, again, he was pulled away from them and was kind of left to fend on his own, but that wasn't their fault. Uh, but he still felt the you know, the brunt of that oath that these Fenians took, um, this brotherhood took it very seriously. And he started to think of ways that he could help them. And that's when John DeVoy came to mind. He decided he was going to reach out to DeVoy and ask for his help in rallying members of that American kind of subset of the Finians called the Clan Nagail. Forgive me, anyone uh, from Ireland out there, if I am butchering that pronunciation. We tried to look it up, but couldn't find an audible uh, pronunciation. So it's doing the best we can here with what we've got. But the idea was that he would rally members of this group uh, to assemble a crew and rescue the uh, the man who'd been left behind. Right, so the plan is coming together, and DeVoy is, DeVoy is getting, is an easy sell for this, right? Because he also has loyalty to the Finians, and additionally, O'Reilly, who, I agree, Noel, he must be a very charismatic dude, because he talked his way onto the whaling ship. He obviously influence that priest in Australia, right? And then mm-hmm. now he's influencing Devoy and he is living proof that escape is possible. So this conversation with O'Reilly plus Wilson's letter makes Devoy think, you know, I bear some responsibility because I recruited a lot of these people. And he even writes about it explicitly later. This is referenced in the Smithsonian article we mentioned. DeVoy says, most of the evidence on which the men were convicted related to meetings with me. I felt that I, more than any other man then living, ought to do my utmost for these Finian soldiers. And that speaks to his character, I think, because he's realizing I got these guys in this situation one way or the other. So I, I think I, I respect that, you know. That's right. And again, these Finians and a lot of these Irish revolutionaries, they just wanted to, to be to have their own free state. 
you know, uh, away from English rule uh, in the same way that uh, members of the American Revolution did. So it's like, you know, one person's freedom fighter is another person's terrorist, depending on what side of the uh, divide that you're on. So it does seem they weren't you know, just out to sow anarchy that they they did have, you know, good hearts and they, you know, had a had a cause that they believed in passionately. Um, mm-hmm. We have a reprinting of this letter that Wilson wrote that DeVoy actually read out loud to rally the troops at a meeting of the clan. That's with a C, the, the clan, the kill. Uh, and uh, maybe we could tag team this one, Ben. What sure. Yeah, this is a great one. Max, kick in the music because this is the part of the heist film Uh, where the leader makes a speech, an impassioned speech, and where you start rounding up all your specialists. Uh, So so this is the moment the voice stands up. He's at, like you said, in a secret meeting, and he reads Wilson's words. Wilson is a crackerjack writer, guys. He says, What a death is staring us in the face. The death of a felon in a British dungeon. And a grave amongst Britain's ruffians. I am not ashamed to speak the truth, that it is a disgrace to have us in prison today. A little money judiciously expended would release every man that is now in West Australia. Think that we have been nearly nine years in this living tomb since our first arrest, and that it is impossible for mind or body to withstand the continual strain that is upon us. One or the other must give way. Remember, this is a voice from the tomb. For is this not a living tomb? In the tomb, it is only a man's body that is good for worms, but in this living tomb, the canker worm of care enters the very soul. And we think if you forsake us, then we are friendless indeed. I have a question. No. What is a canker worm? Oh, gosh. I'm imagining it's some sort of, like, maggot that uh, infests, you know, open sores. Is that accurate? That's just me using context clues. Yeah, I I, um, I wasn't familiar with this, and it, it sounded very unpleasant because I, I immediately associated it with those little things in people's mouths, canker sores. Mm-hmm. It was like, if your canker sore gets bad enough, are there canker worms involved? But no, they're, they're the little, uh, like, inchworm guys. Oh, you know. Okay, so but 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 even the little inchworm guys will 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 eat you know rotting flesh if it's buried in the ground, and, and their little inchworm paths happen to cross a tasty morsel, right? Or is it just earthworms that eat flesh? I'm not sure. Neither of us are mm. worm experts, but that is my theory. Yeah, and and so <laughs> so he Devoy reads this letter, and then he pauses with great gravitas. And all I want to lean on your amazing voice acting skills here because when he puts down the letter, picture him looking around the secret meeting, a moment of silence, and then he shouts, These men are our brothers! Yeah, and uh, that, that, that did the trick. <laughs> <laughs> that was like that was like the freedom, you know, cry or like, uh-huh. uh, yeah. uh, give me liberty or give me death. You know, all of that good stuff. I have big, not yet begun um, to fart or oh, whatever the actual you know, is. The, the one. Yep, the one. Um, <laughs> big, big fighting words, boisterous rallying cries. That's literally what a rallying cry is. That is the very foundation of a rallying cry. So they start to gather funds together, like like cash money to uh, put together the resources they need to pull off this rescue. 
So we're getting really into this story. I think it's clear that the three of us love this tale and we are going to make this a two-parter because we don't want to cut anything. Yes, indeed. Um, I think this is a great stopping point and we will be back in just a couple of days' time with the stunning conclusion to the Catalpa prison break. In the meantime, why don't you check us out as human beings and as a show on Instagram. You can find the show on Instagram at Ridiculous History and us as individuals as well. That's right. You can find me at Ben Bullen HSW on Twitter. You can see my various misadventures, sometimes international, uh, on Instagram, where in a burst of creativity, I've called myself at Ben Bullen, B-O-W-L-I-N. What about you, Mr. Brown? You can find me exclusively on Instagram, where I am at How Now Noel Brown. Huge thanks to super producer Max Williams, Alex Williams, who composed our theme, researcher extraordinaire, Gabe Luzier. And of course, big thanks to Christopher Hasiotis. Big thanks to Eve's Jeffcoat. Uh, big thanks to Jonathan Strickland, aka the Quister. I'm after you hear part two, folks. Uh, help us figure out how we're going to cast ourselves. So, Noel, you're the bag man. Uh, Max, you want to be the captain? I mean, Captain Anthony. You know the story. You know the score. Oh yeah, no, I could, I could totally keep it together. I think of the three of us, I'm the most captain material. So, oh, yeah, all right, okay, all right, okay. No, that's fine, that's fine. I'll be so, I'll be one of the other guys. <laughs> well, I'm I, as long as I get to be the bag man, uh, I'm all good. We'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon Waterways can go where the big ships can only dream through winding passageways of rolling vineyards and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time. Special offers await at AvalonWaterways.com. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.